Rob, how did it feel having COVID? Dude, I feel like you can't just ask that. I feel like you just violated a bunch of HIPAA laws. You can't just come out and say that. Yeah. Um, well, there is a reasoning. But let me let me put the rumors to bed here. Yes, I was COVID positive for the last couple of weeks. And to be honest with you, DJ, uh, it was not fun. Like, I know some people were like, oh, I just want to get COVID and get rid of it, like get over it. Like, oh, I'll just lose my taste of myself. Like, I feel like I'm as healthy as I can be right now. Feel like cardiovascular, and it took a lot out of me. I was super fatigued, and the biggest mind fuck was losing your smell and taste. Like there was points where I was like, I'm never gonna be able to taste good beer again. There's points where I'm like, I'm just gonna be drinking protein shakes for the rest of my life because I won't be able to enjoy food. Um, and until it came back, and to be honest with you, it's kind of muted. It's not a fun thing, and I had it super super easy. Um, so COVID, straight up, not a good time. Yeah, and the reasoning I ask is not to make light of it. And, you know, there's obviously been millions of people affected and so on. But mm-hmm. if we're on the greasy pot and one of us is COVID positive, for example, you, we need to think of this pot as a time capsule, right? So if a fourth grader in 2065 is writing a report on COVID, this pod could be a place they look to for one person's account of how it affected them. Right. And I hope they don't come here first, right? Like a fourth grader, maybe not. Maybe a college like junior is like writing their history paper on COVID and they find this little known oral history called Greasy Podcast and they fire it up. Um, but yeah, I and I should do a better job of documenting it. It's uh, It takes a lot out of you. The fatigue was real. Uh, not being able to smell and taste is a bad time, especially for a brew dog like me. Like, you know, I just want to be sucking them down, making sure I can get all the, the notes in there and I couldn't do it. So COVID, not fun. Yeah, I've had a good amount of friends with it. I guess a handful, I should Mm -hmm. say. And the smell and the taste thing is what they always bring up first. And for someone that's always smelled and taste, you wouldn't think that's that bad. But obviously it is when it's the first thing everyone brings up with a mild taste. Yeah, especially when like your air passageways are clear. Like sometimes when you have like a sinus infection, like there's something blocking your nose and you can't smell and like, you know, there's a reason behind it. Uh, but it's more psychological knowing that like you can breathe, like stuff's going into your nose and you're just like straight up not smelling it, uh, especially like something super pungent. Like I could put a candle up to my face and I wouldn't be able to smell the candle, which was just like messing with you at points, you know? Yeah, that's pretty nuts. I, I figured it's best to get that out. You know, we're celebrating 2020 for all that we can, but we didn't mm-hmm. want to barely lead there. We got the COVID guy. Let's ask him about his COVID. Sorry about HIPAA. Yeah, no, dude, it's all right. I don't think you're a medical professional. Yeah, and we had to clear it up. We, you know, there were a lot of rumblings whether or not Rob COVID. I don't know, um, but we do mm-hmm. have a kind of a 2020 year in review show slash uh, bringing back up some of the topics. I feel like, and Rob, maybe you could um, back me on this one. Is I feel like this pod, particularly in 2020, is parallels the start of the greasy pod really well we got the stimulus check stuff starting up the winter beers are coming out and you at obviously it's winter outside so it feels very much like when we started the greasy pod yeah definitely full circle dj uh you know thinking about where we started in march and like you summarized it's kind of a perfect time capsule of covid Right. Like and there was somebody talking to me about it and they were saying that once one of us gets our vaccine, we should end the show. But we won't do that to our listeners. You know what I mean? But it would be a perfect time capsule from when it started 
until, you know, starting with Amy Acton being a low-key hottie to where we are now, like talking about vaccine. It is kind of full circle. Uh, And the other thing on top of that, DJ, I was thinking about like, you know, it's natural to look back on a year and think like, how much did I change? And have I grown as a person? And I can honestly say 2020, I haven't changed at all. I'm doing the Mm. same shit, right? We're doing the same shit that we were in March. I haven't changed anything about my personality this year and is that because of covid or is like our formative years like you know you're 30 i'm almost 30 our formative years done are we just done growing i've definitely regressed you know coming up with the rundown for this pod i know in several areas of life which i'll divulge some of that some of it i'll just internalize and let it eat me away but i've regressed in several Mm -hmm. areas of life um but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, you can always have some sort of excuse. And that's what you do when you turn 30. Now we got an excuse, right? It's COVID. Boom, right. I have kids, whatever. You can pop one. You right. know, they're, they're just going to pop from everywhere from here on out. Right. And I guess like for us on the precipice of this new age, are we saying that, you know, COVID did this to us and we just didn't have the experience of going out and meeting new people and doing different things with our friends. And that's the reason we didn't change. Or is it because like, we're just old hacks now who can't do anything fun. Yeah. Like maybe we're just over the hill. We're not fun anymore. I think we're pretty fun. I think we're pretty fun. We're fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're two guys. I, especially you, I don't know if I totally fit this category, but I know a handful, like if you took like a high school class of whatever, 150 people and they mm-hmm. met you for five minutes, I bet over half those people would say, I'd want to get a beer with that guy. Dude, that means a lot. And you'd be yeah. in that category too. Yeah. A couple of brew dogs, dude. Sit up at <laughs> yeah. Sammy Gay's plugging the bats. That sounds fun. Yeah. Well, you just shave your stash though. I don't know. The stash is more approachable than the clean shaven face. You think so? The stash is more approachable? Yeah. It's like, so. uh, yeah, he's, he's lighthearted. He likes to chop it up. He's a yeah, chop I it up it. guy. I like to chop. Right. Yeah. Like I said, we got a year in review show. We're going to mix in the present with what we've talked about over the past year. Uh, so with that, here's the pick six. Number one, Rob, rewinding it back to, I don't even know when we got our first one, but what are you going to do with the second stimmy check, the whole 600 bucks about to hit your direct deposit, maybe, if you make less than 75 k Ooh, digging deep. You don't know how much I make now. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll leave it. If I were going to, no, I, I'm getting one. Uh, but I want to say I'm going to do something productive with it, right? And like the whole point of these stimulus checks is that like you put it back in the economy and people pay off their debts and they're able to stay in their homes. Not that you're going to be able to do that with 600 bucks. How disconnected are these people that they think 600 bucks is going to solve any of that issue? Uh, but for me, I'm not going to do anything productive with it. I'm going to Vegas in May and I got a, a little number called 24 black that I'm lining up oh, with for this yeah. check. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to pepper this shit out of that until I win. And then Mitch McConnell, I'm going to write him. I owe you, buddy, uh, for that. But I'm not going to do anything productive with it, DJ. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> you, I do you got anything lined up? Like you said 20, 24 black. I got straight chills, man. You know that's my number. <laughs> I know. That's what I said. I was pandering. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've been watching. This sounds like some degenerate shit, but I'm just – truthfully interested these guys on youtube uh go over different roulette strategies which we all know it's random for the most part and stupid but um it's a it's a good some good quarantine content i guess um yeah i was just thinking this is right on the fly if we wanted to make one last push for the greasy pod is we take our 600 dollars stimulus checks each of us go to a local restaurant 
$600 tips each. And Ooh, I don't know how we factor one. greasy into that. Somehow we got to get greasy on the stay greasy on the check or something. And uh, yeah, boom, local news. Oh, I like that. That's definitely a pot. You, yeah, at the beginning of the pod, we were talking about ways that we could start blowing the pot up. But what if we take a greasy shirt and then just leave it on the booth with the get greasy? You know what I mean? Yeah. That is instant news. Um, I don't think I'll be all, uh, Andrea will approve of that uh, use of the 600 bucks, but no. Would you ever forget that though? You would not for your 90s on your deathbed, you're not forgetting the $600 tip you left. Yeah, dude. And I guess my only issue with that, and I said, I love the idea because it'd be giving back like somebody who might need it. Right. But the mm-hmm. other thing is like, I don't like when people post that stuff on social media. Like yeah. we wouldn't post it from our Twitter account. But if News Channel 5 called us and said, hey, we heard about this. Can we do a story? We would accept. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're not going out of our way to post about it. Yeah, I think we actually discussed that on the pod at some point in terms of like filming videos of giving stuff to the homeless or uh, giving game tickets to the father and son. And, oh, you're sitting courtside tonight. Yeah, but you're filming it to use as pepper for your. So, you know, I'm at odds on that one. I guess what what restaurant are we going to? What restaurant like are you envisioning this at? Because the restaurant that we frequent the most together is Johnny's Little Bar, and they don't do food service whenever we're there. They're like, what restaurant are you saying? Like, we're there, and we're dropping this $600 check. Tremont Tap House is a spot I go to the most, but I'd want that 600 bucks to go to, like, one individual or two individuals. If it's just split in the whatever, like, I don't think 600 bucks truthfully gets stretched pretty thin very, very quickly, you know? Right, for sure. I definitely as understand our, that. Uh, as our gambling habits uh, have taught us. A uh, little bit of a tangible uh, news story today. Mike Pence had two uh, Southwest chicken sandwiches in D.C. today. He had a $45 tab, and he paid a $5 tip uh, during this. So you want to talk about dudes that are disconnected, the $5 tip on a $45 tab. Mr. Vice President, I'll put it next time, you know. That's, that is rough. I mean, I've been tipping. I, I I'll give myself a little, I won't give, throw out figures out here, but in the last six months I've been peppering the tips. And so it, that makes me a little ashamed. you know, I, I think I, I don't know a whole ton about Mike Pence other than being associated with Trump and et cetera. But yeah. um, that, that's a big character thing for me. I'm a character guy and you got to have mm-hmm. a little bit better of a pulse. Yeah. To be honest with the DJ and I don't remember the last situation that I was in where I had to tip. Really? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, the last I've been time doing out everything that. like takeout now. Like you order through like Toast Tab or one of like the online shit when you yeah. go get burgers at the bar. I just got uh, some gin from Western Reserve Distillery today. Okay, thirty-five bucks. I left a tip on picking up gin. Nice. I didn't know you were I, a gin guy, but that's sick. Humble brag. I'm not. You know, here, yeah, I'm not. It's a okay. present, you know. <laughs> late okay. gifts, late gift. Right. Yeah. Uh, stimulus check. I guess I'm gonna. Here's maybe a hypothetical for you or a real life situation. Six hundred bucks, I could easily go and put that towards my student loans. A couple months or a month or so, depending yeah. on your situation of student loans. Would you do that right now, though? With you know, it kind of maybe in limbo of some of that getting paid off. Uh, yeah, only if you're uh, paying towards uh, the loan itself. Like, don't just pay off interest with it. Right. You know what I mean? If you can, uh, go but right now it's still frozen. It's still right, uh, yeah. frozen through whatever month, but, um, uh, 
I don't know. I'm kind of like, I want to wait because am I just going to go blow a thousand bucks on paying my student loans when uh, Big Joe is going to come save me? <laughs> oh, Big Joe, I love I love <laughs> that. That's a big gamble right now. It's just like, yeah, let's not pay student loans and wait for Big Joe to come through for us one time. Yeah. You know, I'm banking on these Senate elections down in Georgia and let's just see what happens. Let's roll the dice one time. Yeah. Well, I honestly, what you should do is you take your 600 and every month that you save up and you put that in a savings. And you wait to pay that the day before uh, interest kicks back in. So you yeah. already have that money set aside, which obviously I did not follow this plan. But you have yeah. that money set aside <laughs> and you pay it if you need to, if the loans, if you don't feel good about the, you know, you wait until the, the 11th hour, basically. Right. The rainy day fund. Love yeah. That. All right. Um, so my 600 bucks might go to that or, you know, check out your local news. Yeah. Number two, what did you get better at this year? Two mainstays on this pod, golf or gambling? Yeah, we haven't talked golf in a while. Uh, and honestly, I've been golfing. Um, and I think it was October that we went out to Erie, the homeland, play some bets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, my emphasis this year in golf was not to get better at golf. I don't think I was out enough uh, to get better at golf. It was more of like it was the only thing to be able to do with your friends Right. For like the first couple months of the year, it was like I didn't see my friends and then uh, I can go golfing in April and shoot the shit with them and drink some beers. I wasn't focused on my golf game. I was there to lose some money, drink a couple Miller Lights. Uh, my golf game was probably as bad as it possibly could have been this year. Like I was hooking yeah. everything. I was bullshit. We went out near and we lost by 12 strokes, I think. And I had a, I had a blast doing it. Early lead, though. 15 versus a two seed. We had that kind of like early 12 point lead, you know. Right. You flipped and they the panel over the TBS. <laughs> right yeah they're one of seven from three point and then all of a sudden they just come out blazing in the second half and then it's over yeah uh, but yeah i definitely get that that's a great analogy for what happened in that golf game but in gambling i've been uh i've been driving out the pa a little bit more and i've been a little <laughs> bit more strategic in my bets um betting a lot of big time basketball and i'm kind of on a gambling heater so i have to think i'm a little bit better at gambling than i am at golf because my golf game's as bad as it's ever been Preheating or officially heating up? I'm on a heater. It's officially oh. a heater. <laughs> Keep it low. <laughs> Real low key. Don't ask people for tips. Yeah. You have to you have to announce it if you're on a heater. So that's the way to do it. Uh, for right. me, I would say I got better at golf than gambling, but yeah. I got worse at golf than previous years. So I actually my skills declined in golf. But it was still a better year of golfing for me than gambling. Yeah, you hate to hear that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We had Gary on the podcast quite a bit this year who was trying to, you know, reshape our golf games. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't take his advice. I think that's on us. And maybe we got to get out with Gary at some point next year. And, you know, maybe he can actually give us some pointers. I think you got out with him a little bit more than me. But, yeah, I don't think anybody can save our gambling careers other than just, like, divine intervention. Well, I don't. I don't think any golf coach is going to say, "Yeah, I would suggest having eight Miller Lights, uh, not reading a single putt, <laughs> right? And taking, changing clubs throughout the middle of the year every time, <laughs> taking huge hacks with your driver to see if you can hit it 300 yards." Yeah, um, right. we don't play stroke friendly golf, I would say. But yeah, tough year on both fronts for me. Um, 
but enjoyed both thoroughly. So I guess that's that's what matters. What do you have more optimism for moving forward? Is it uh, your golf game or your gambling career? Gambling because of the the new budget restrictions I have going into 2021. I think I will be more disciplined, especially with bets early in the month, because if you have a $100 budget, right, but you get up 200 bucks, now I got some room to play with. So I'm going to be really laser focused. The issue for me on gambling is we still need Ohio to legalize it. So then I can, I I don't like to do the offshore books, you know, DraftKings is just a losing game. You know, daily fantasy, I'm just bad at it. It's a losing game. I've tried it for years and years. Um, Other than throwing a few bucks in that, not very interested. So I need Ohio to legalize it so that you can place those timely bets and not have to rely on uh, Rob's, uh, what kind of uh, Chevy Malibu to drive to PA every once in a while. Malibu, that's an Impala, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Chevy Impala. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I should know that. That thing's an LT too, dude. All right. That thing's only got 86,000 miles. That thing's ready to roll. 86. Okay. <laughs> that, actually, I thought it would be like 250. Mm-mm. Nope. It's, it's, it's an 08 or? Oh, it's an 07. Was that just sitting in the driveway for a few years? Just taking trips to down, down to the convenience store or what? It was sitting in some guy's garage in Florida until I got my hands on it. But I've been uh, pretty cautious about the miles I put on it. So. Okay. I respect that. All right. Number three here. We talked a lot of beer on the pod this year. Some would even say we are a beer podcast. Like our uh, anchor, the platform that we use to post and do all that shit, uh, has different options for genres. So initially I had yeah. it as a fan- fantasy sports because I thought we were going to be a fantasy sports pod. And then I switched it to sports, which I think it still currently is. But truthfully, at the core of us, we are a beer podcast. Beer yeah. gambler. We're, we're brew dogs first, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so obviously beer had to make the pick six here. And mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to do a list of top five adult beverages or however, however you want to phrase it of 2020. So I don't know about you, but my algorithm for this was pretty complex. It had personal okay. preferences, rise in popularity, a bunch of different factors into my uh, algorithm. My algorithm was not. It was just like my favorite drinks that I've had this year. So it was just like reflecting back. I mean, obviously the top spot was relatively easy for me. And then I just worked backwards from there. So let me know when you're ready for me to start firing my number five. Yeah, I'll let you go first. Go ahead. Uh, I I started with five. I started with a good bourbon Woodford Reserve. Uh, At the beginning of the year, started quarantine. I was drinking a lot of it. You know, a good maraschino cherry, just bourbon, couple ice cubes. Uh, got me through some dark days there in March. So Woodford Reserve was my number five spot. Do you want to go back and forth? Do you want me to just give me my top five? Let's go. Just run down, I'd say. Number four, I went with boxed red wine because God knows I can't taste the difference between that stuff. They're talking about tannins. I don't know what that is. Give me a Boda box that says red on the side of it. I'll drink it for the weekend. Uh, that was my number four. Uh, number three, uh, and we have a great pick with this beverage, is Great Lakes IPA. Uh, and that, you know, made me a little bit nostalgic uh, today for the summer, looking at us, you know, with our number one fingers, had some good sun to us. Great Lakes IPA, delicious beer, especially during those summer months. Definitely mm-hmm. drinkable. Uh, number two, and I know this is going to be on your list as well, but you want to think about summer beverages as all time is sequench. Uh, that little bit of salt tang, the lime, everything. And it's probably got me into the sours. I know you're a sour guy. And number one, uh, uncontested and i think anybody that knows me knows this is gonna be my number one pick great tasting last filling metal light it's the best 
uh, beer for any situation. Uh, so Miller Lite bottles, preferably. Uh, mm. Hell of a top five for me. I, I had plenty of all five of those this year. So what about you, Deej? You just like the taste of bottles better? Yeah, it just flows a little bit. Or you can give me those aluminum pints, you know, the 16-ouncers with the screw-off mm-hmm. cap. Those are a little bit different. There's a little more breathability. The can, I feel like every time I drink a can of Miller Lite, the bottom two ounces, I don't enjoy as much as the first 10. Uh, with a bottle, I don't have that issue. I'll drink it all, you know. I do like those aluminum pints. Underrated. They're only a specific spot. Like, you feel like, like you almost have to be, like, uh, outside watching a Ohio State game or something. Right. You show up with aluminum pints with the intention that you're not drinking all of those aluminum pints. And yeah. I don't know how to like exactly explain that, but you show up with like eight of them and you drink four and then you're like passing them out to people. Like, do you want one yeah. of these aluminum pints? Cause they're hitting different. Uh, but I d- exactly don't know how to say that. I don't think I've ever had a whole pack of aluminum pints by myself, which no. I don't know. If that you, makes yeah. Sense. You know, it just feels cool. It's like a grown up like water bottle action going, I guess. Ooh, uh, all right. Here's my list. Number five, I got margaritas, and I'll tell you why. And this is a combination okay. list of stuff we talked about, the pod, personal preference, and um, stuff that I think just had a good year. And I think margaritas had a good year because the to-go factor, a lot of mm-hmm. bars, people supporting bars, getting to-go cocktails. And two, people wanted to have parties this year. You weren't allowed, you know, parties weren't popping the same, but people wanted to feel like it at the, um, mm-hmm. you know, by themselves. And the best way to feel great is to have a margarita. You know, they, yeah, that I, old saying about the whole, like, you know, money can't buy happiness, but money can buy a jet ski and no one is not mm-hmm. happy on a jet ski. I feel that also applies to a margarita. Absolutely. You know, sometimes you put the salt rim, sometimes you put the sugar rim, depending if you know how you're feeling, you're feeling festive enough. Uh, do you have a favorite margarita in Cleveland that you think like, man, let's go get Marks. We got to go to this one place to get them. I don't know. Either do I, but I like them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, are, like obviously artisanal and like, I can't differentiate between a good margarita and a bad margarita. And mm-hmm. maybe that's on me, but I can't do it. Are you a frozen guy? Like, will you opt for that or just on the rocks? I'm a frozen guy. I prefer yeah. frozen, but I'll drink them on the rocks. I mean, I guess I don't have like the preference. I wouldn't say like, no, don't give me a margarita if it's not frozen. But if I have, sure. you know, the pick of them, I would go frozen. That's what I'm saying. Frozen margarita equals jet ski. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're on vacation. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Number four, whole hog pumpkin ale that has deep roots on this show. We tried it because it was Mm -hmm. the only pumpkin beer available in, I think, July for some reason. And uh, we we enjoyed it. This year. Yeah. And we really uh, liked it. And so whole hog, I think they even like liked one of our tweets about it. Would have appreciated a retweet. You could have been higher on this list, but that's fine. Uh, number three, I have high noon lime or really any flavor. I think it was a big year for high noon. Maybe some of the associated with Barstool and they did a lot of advertising, et cetera. Uh, but I think they overtook, not in terms of like sales, but in my mind, you know, the the highest bar in the Seltzer game in terms of what they taste like. I think they're, they are there to stay. Uh, number two, I have Great Lakes Conway's Irish Ale. Just a fantastic beer. It's about, yeah, it's out in the tap room, and I think they're distributing it this week or something. And yeah. that's why, partly, because March, obviously, it, it uh, is relevant and heavily drank in that month, and now it's back out, and it feels like a nice tie with this pod. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a beer. I think that's one of their top two beers. 
I think that in Oktoberfest, which we didn't enjoy this year. We had a couple Great Lakes Oktoberfest. Uh, and, you know, they say they don't devi- deviate on the recipe and like every year is the same, but it didn't hit the same this year. Mm-hmm. Like, so explain that to me. Riddle yeah. me that, buddy. I don't care what you're deviating or not. But Conway's always seems to hit and you always associate it with the beginning of spring, St. Patty's Day. And after Patty's Day, you have the opening day of baseball. And it just, uh, you know, kind of goes yeah. into one after you start drinking Conway. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, my love for Conway's really grew this year. Um, in part, I think past love from Beans beers, our boy Danny Bean drinking a lot of Conway's. Yeah. That was one of his beers. And I just mm-hmm. think it's really, really tasty. And I look forward to drinking many dozen of them this year. Uh, number one, I have sequential back-to-back winners. Everyone knows. we talked a bunch about it on here. Um, it's my favorite beer. So that sticks with the number one spot. First back-to-back championship uh, in the beer list there. Love to hear it. Hell of a beer. And I mean, for it to come in second on mine, and I don't drink sours, uh, we can't recommend it enough. And I don't yeah. know if they serve it during the winter. I don't want to drink it during the winter, but uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it's even out there. Somebody it's said, oh, I the store I still go to, but I don't know if it's like the leftover shit from the summer still. Because they always get like a shit ton of it. Yeah, your store is great for selection, but it's kind of sketchy on some of those dates. Like they got mm-hmm. so much beer in there that there's no way that they're selling all those by the best by date. So if you go to the, the DJ's beer store, great selection. I don't want to diss your guy here. Yeah. That's not what this is about. Just check the best by date. That's all I'm saying. For sure. Especially if you go in the cooler behind like the main cooler. I, I also uh, think there's some sort of um, – we should be getting some sort of commission – uh, because I know for a fact I've gotten people to buy sequential from how much we've talked about it and other beers. We've had positive receptions on that front too. Um, absolutely. And, and I don't want to sit here and say like, oh, we snub our nose at outdated beer. That's not – we're outdated beer guys too, but I just don't want to pay full price for outdated beer. I love going to a place and they have a whole rack of it and I get to pay half price for it. I'll buy as much as you got. Give me all the outdated beer. But I just don't want to pay full price for it. And that place you're at, you're at, you're running the risk of paying full price for mm-hmm. a, you know, year old beer. So, yeah, true. But I can't wait to hop over there tomorrow and hopefully get myself a, a new, fresh Conway's. On to number four here, uh, we talked about the concept of emotional hedges um, on this pod several times, right? You're a fan of a mm-hmm. team and you might gamble against them because you're in this win lose, win win, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. And I think this weekend is the ultimate example of that as Browns fans playing a team of backups in the Steelers to get to the playoffs. One, Rob, is this a situation where you would emotional hedge? And two, do you believe in the concept overall? Are you an emotional hedger? Yeah, on paper, this is, I mean, perfect emotional hedge scenario, right? Uh, Steelers are sitting their starters. Mason Rudolph is starting against the Browns. The Browns are unbelievably big favorites. I think I last home at nine and a half points. Steelers are somewhere on like the money line at plus 400. So you're thinking you can lay a small amount of money on the Steelers. Uh, and if the Steelers end up winning, at least you get paid out and the Browns will make the playoffs. But at least you got a few bucks. Uh, and as I was thinking about this, Deej, I don't think there's any amount of money that I would feel comfortable laying on the Steelers that would make me make it qualify as an emotional hedge. Like I have to think I at least get a thousand dollars, right, to make me like feel better about the Browns' loss. And there's no way that I'm going to lay three hundred bucks on the Steelers this weekend, right? Um, so the emotional hedge is kind of a you know it's not as cut and dry as like an actual hedge in sports, where you're like you know 
cutting into your profit a little bit, but at least you get paid out. This is, you know, it's very subjective. And, and if I'm not going to get $1,000 from the Browns not making the playoffs, I don't want to do it. So I don't believe in emotional hedging. I think that if you're going to bet this weekend, bet with your heart and bet on your team. If it's Ohio State, if it's uh, the Browns this week, just go in full blast. And if you're hurt, you're going to be hurt regardless. So, Yeah, the plus 400 is juicy. But like you said, it's got to be something significant where, you know, it's probably got to be upwards of $1,000. Yeah, because right. does 300 bucks make you feel – better about the bronze not making the playoffs losing to mason rudolph all that bullshit no no you you need a grant so i'm on board with that that's a tough one i'm i'm overall not an emotional hedger um i just don't think it works out most times and if it does you're one you're I just like to throw all the chips in, man. When I'm on a heater, right. we're continuing. We're not splitting it down the middle. And maybe that's why I'm a shit gambler. But no. uh, that's it's, just how There's I am. no better high in gambling than when you bet on your own team and they win, right? And mm-hmm. especially in a meaningful game like this one, is that you want to put all the money on the Browns to cover the spread, and then they win by 40. And then you could sit there and say, the Browns are in the playoffs, and I want a bunch of money on them, right? Uh, and if you're not getting that same kind of feeling by betting on the Steelers, just don't do it. Like, just save your money elsewhere and bet on Iowa basketball, who's an absolute steamroller this year. <laughs> Iowa bat. Who's their main guy that's sick? Uh, Luca Garza, man. Garza, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was listening to, actually, it left a big impression on me in terms of, of gambling. When my, uh, Matthew McConaughey was doing that big book tour, uh, a few mm-hmm. months ago, he was on every big podcast. He was on, uh, pardon my take, and the list goes on. Like every one of the top ten podcasts, Dax Shepard, all that shit, right? And obviously, on part of my take, they brought up gambling, and he he was saying, you know what I love? I love putting money on a team, and it's just my thought. It's my thought to put on that team. Like you can listen to all these pundits, you can take all this advice, and then ever since then, uh, it hasn't really helped improved my uh profitability um right. i don't think it's hurt it either but it just feels better to say man i called that right and so i stopped exactly. listening to, i stopped looking up everything right i think that uh tulsa is gonna win by six and a half this week i'm putting money on tulsa let's go right and in the same way that if you're right you feel really really good about it but if you're wrong you're like i'm kind of an idiot why did i think that was going to happen and i think that's a good life lesson too like when you make a mistake you want to learn from that mistake and when you're right you want to celebrate that win and if a couple dollars come to you it's a good thing too so i think using you know uh, gambling as a little microcosm is a good thing i will say don't be under resourced though because I've fallen in that trap where it's like bowl season and they're starting running back sitting out to go to the draft and they're on their third quarterback. You should probably at least cover the basics there. Um, so we're not emotional hedgers. We think the Browns will win this week and we'll all be happy. Uh, ten and a half is a, a good amount, though. So they must not be playing anybody. No. Uh, I think they said that their starters were going to sit in the second half. Like people were going to start and then move out of the game. And the Browns are a good team as well. Uh, is Big Ben? Do you think there will be thirteen points? I don't know. Do you think there will be a Miles Garrett uh, moment? Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph moment? I think that uh, whatever broadcast team is there on Sunday is going to make it a moment. 
Um, I don't think that they're going to like dap up before the game. I don't think that they've reconciled to that point. I do think that Miles Garrett's going to sack like Rudolph at some point. And, uh, you know, coming full circle, let me address in a second. And the TV crew is going to make a production out of it. Like, oh, let's flash back to this fateful mm-hmm. night in Cleveland on this day. Uh, but I don't think that there's going to be a moment between Garrett and Rudolph where they're like dapping each other up or there's I don't think there's obviously going to be an argument. Uh, between the two on Sunday. Yeah, a lot of layers there. If you see them like dapping up before the game and with the, you know, the hearsay or what Miles said rather about him saying the N-word and so on, then it gets sticky and it becomes the main. So hopefully we just kind of avoid all that shit and they show the replay and the Browns win by 17. And everybody's happy. They win the division. We get to the playoffs. Maybe we see them first round. Yeah. Which would be a great storyline. Uh, and the thing that I wanted to address is at some point we pledged $10 for every Miles Garrett sack, <laughs> yeah, which I kind of forgot about until I was going to our Twitter. So I think at this point we're up to like $110 that the Greasy Boys. So there goes our stimulus check. We already got it <laughs> on the Water Boys. Uh, so, Miles, this is probably your last chance to retweet that tweet. Uh, I know you're listening. Go back, retweet it, and we'll owe a lot more money. Our whole stimmy checks are we going to you. Yeah. We'll donate if Miles gives us a retweet. We'll donate twelve hundred bucks to his. Well, <laughs> am I commit? Would you commit to that? I don't think it would if help. Miles our Garrett comes on the pod. If he comes on the pod, okay. we'll donate our stimmy checks. All right, Miles. Message has been sent. Hit us up. DM us. Whatever. On to number five. Uh, this is a Cleveland podcast. We are Cleveland guys. You are a history guy. You're an urban mm-hmm. development guy. Was this? A good year in Cleveland. What is the state of Cleveland right now? You know what, Deej? Uh, I, I don't know any other way to put this. And normally I like to look at Cleveland through, uh, you know, the rose-colored lens uh, and look at it a little more favorably than I guess I should. But this was not a good year for the city of Cleveland. And I don't think there's any way, other way to look at it. You know, the biggest problem facing the city prior to 2020 was like the income disparity. You know, you often hear about these tale of two Clevelands of the haves and the haves nots. The people that live in the suburbs that come in and treat Cleveland as like this tourist destination and the people that actually live there. And, you know, the income and wealth disparity uh, between the two. And uh, the pandemic has made that so much worse uh, than I think than we could ever imagine it being. Uh, you know, there's uh, the people that live in Cleveland, especially the black uh, Clevelanders, are disproportionately affected in a negative way due to the pandemic. So this was a really tough year for Clevelanders or the people that actually live here. Uh, and, you know, from a lifestyle perspective, for the people that do treat Cleveland as like this tourist destination that go on on East Fourth and all that, it was a tough year for them, too. Like you saw landmark restaurants close down this year. Uh, Lola Bistro on East Fourth, Michael Simon shop. And Sokolowski's and Tremont closed down too. And, you know, the countless other small restaurants and bars and, uh, that were on people's street corners where they went and grabbed their after work beer or meal. Uh, so from a lifestyle perspective, Cleveland's changed for worse too. Uh, and that's not to say there wasn't positives. Uh, you know, a lot of other restaurants have filled in that void. Uh, you know, Cleveland scenes publishing restaurants that are opening in different areas. But there's definitely a... Uh, a missing piece of Cleveland due to that lifestyle void. You know, in downtown Cleveland struggling, uh, we often think about that as like the the central hub of the city. Uh, and we have places like Thirsty Parrot who are kind of on the edge. Are they going to be able to make it to the next baseball season? Is Wilbur's going to be able to make it to the next baseball season? Uh, it's just kind of tough. Uh, and hopefully they are and they can get the funding that they need to. 
Um, but Cleveland has some exciting things on the horizon. We have the 2021 NFL draft, which I'm sure that the city will do an incredible dog and pony show, like getting the city ready for that. They always do an, a, a really great job. Um, but that might just be the band aid, right? Like there's some really deep seated issues in our city that we need to fix. Uh, and Cleveland won't be a great city and it's not a great city. And it, you know how much that it, it like hurts me to say it. Cause I love this place until we make it great for all Clevelanders. Um, so we have a lot of issues that we need to address. So 2020, tough year for Cleveland. Hopefully it gets better in 2021. Historically speaking, I'm going to say it won't, right? Uh, so yeah, we get an actual change in uh, leadership at the top. Give me another tough year for the city. Yeah, I think we're just uh, aptly named on this pod, self-involved in a lot of ways. And it's it's good. Cleveland is good for people like us or, you know, that grew up with some privilege and can live in a nice apartment in Tremont and so on. So just to kind of an anecdote here, I was listening to Bill Simmons today talking to uh, Jackie McMullen and Bob Ryan, who are two legendary uh, Boston journalists. And he asked them, you know, cities that they've been to where over the 40 year career, they all, they either saw on the rise or the decline. And Bob Ryan said Detroit and how much has changed for the worse, really. And, right. um, and so Jackie McMullen at the end threw in, you know, when you go to Cleveland, there's countless restaurants that you can go to after the game, before the game and have a great bite to eat. And that kind of pained mm-hmm. me thinking about that, that she likely was talking about, you know, places like East fourth and knowing right. all those and, and restaurants aren't, you know, it's a, only a small portion of what makes a city, but, um, that sucks. You know, that, that kind of hit me the wrong way. Right. You know, especially news uh, that came out this week that Flannery's is closing uh, until the spring, too. Right. Like a a central hub of the city uh, where people aren't going right now. Like Cleveland can't be Cleveland right now, at least like from the tourist perspective, uh, which kind of sucks as much as we want things to like be normal and people to go out and stuff like it's just like not a reality right now. Uh, I do think there's going to be this tremendous momentum, though you know, vaccine hits and it's not going to solve those kind of deeper rooted issues you were talking about, but the right. lifestyle perspective is just, you're going to see this massive boom and like this, right. such momentum and good vibes. Yeah. For the places that can make it right. But hopefully we get those places that are unquestionably real Cleveland places like Wilbert's our Twitter header. Right. And then we have some like <laughs> great memories at, at Wilbert's, but like, I can't imagine that anybody's at Wilbert's right now buying $3 beers and a stack of ribs. I do not want a stack of ribs from Wilbert's right now. I won't go there. You couldn't pay me to go there right now, but do I want yeah. that to make it through the pandemic? And is that more Cleveland than like uh barrio on, you know, prospect there? Yeah, it is. You know what I mean? But I, I question if Wilbert's can make it. Yeah. The other thing, and then we'll wrap this up, is I, I think it's, I guess, funny how people say, you know, thank God 2020 is going to be over. Like there's some definitive line <laughs> that yeah. now that the year has shifted, that things are going to get better. Um, and I right. think we obviously see a lot of progressive or, you know, progression in terms of vaccine and so on, but there's not this sort of, and we all know January that, but, 1, the issues aren't fixed. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to, uh, I guess more uplifting topics or random stupid shit like we normally talk about. Uh, this is the B side. So these are things that um, we talked about and we can kind of do it iPhone note style. So pick a few out and maybe we'll rehash them. Um, so these are things that people either said in group chats to me or said, you know, thought were funny 
and we can talk about them once again. All right. Big long list here. Okay. Marble Racing, Jessica Beal and Summer Catch, 999 Challenge, Drinking 30 Beers in One Day, Grown Men Wearing Jerseys, Famous Shits, Eating in Your Car, Disdain for Golf Kids, Above Ground Pools, Old Men Shotgunning Beers, Lying Down Foods, Lying Down Foods, and of course, Kristen Cavallari. And there was one I do want to add here. Okay. That I don't remember the context of, but you probably do, which is robot hand jobs. Yeah, I don't remember why we were talking about robot hand jobs. Oh, we were talking about people getting replaced in the workforce. And we were talking about like, yeah, Robert Kraft's gonna get a robot hand job. Oh, yeah. We were talking about, yeah, which was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long long ago, I guess, in retrospect. Uh, but I think those are all my favorite topics. And I, I think if we look back on greasing and say, like, this is the shit we talked about, if there's anything like that list. I'd be pumped, right? Like, I think that's pretty representative of all my favorite things in the world. Jessica Beale and Summer Catch, no final role. Kristen Cavallari, I mean, she's going to get a lot of bad press with the vaccine news that's going to come out. But, like, yeah. Kristen, you're my girl, no matter what. Uh, so, some great topics in there. Um, is there anything in particular that you really think that we should rehash here, Deej? Because I have a couple that I think are pretty funny. Not really. I guess I don't know if there's anything that like I want to I guess famous shit's the only thing I have to say there because we've talked about that multiple times is yeah. um I think with the pandemic, you know, the famous shits have, you know, dramatically fallen. Your chances to shit on the same throne um mm-hmm. as one person that's famous is uh not very high. Right. Yeah. There were no famous shits in 2020, at least in our yeah. circle. Right. Like nobody was going out and about uh, the nine, nine and nine challenge that we did for the draft was a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I kind of forgot about our humble roots from the greasy pod, watching yeah. Cody stuff his face and win the nine, nine and nine. A really good time and uh, excited for the opportunity to actually go to a baseball game again and do the nine, nine, nine beers, nine dogs and nine innings. Uh, but 30 days uh, in a row or 30 beers in one day. Uh, I don't think I can do that right now. I think at the beginning of the podcast I could. So maybe I changed from that perspective Uh, and uh, grown men wearing jerseys. Uh, One of our buddies just got a Jersey with his own name on the back and he posted on Mm -hmm. Twitter, Gavin Haas, number 52 in his Madison helmet. God, that's not going to get you any love from the greasy pod, but man, that was funny. So. All right. Yeah. And I see that I, let's see. I think I can get to the 30 beers. Maybe we'll do that um, this summer when we're all vaccined up. 999 Challenge was funny. That was when we were trying to do other um, content, and I think we just got burned out maybe a little bit. It's hard to do, and that was my biggest lesson, and and I skipped number six on the pick six here, and it was the the biggest thing you learned from this show. Uh, So a little self-reflective here. And that would be mine is, is that it's really easy to make a podcast. Anybody can do it. If you have a $50 microphone or your iPhone headphones and a couple different free websites, but it's super not easy to make a good one. And I respect the shit out of the people. Even if you have a production team, even if you have four or five assistants helping you people that do it three, four, five times a week, I respect the shit out of that grind. Cause it's not easy to be that in entertaining. Um, and I think it's quite different than doing a radio show because it's a lot of one voice. It's 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 just different. So 
Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I know you said this isn't radio, but I feel appreciative of the guys that do go on radio and talk about like mundane topics and like have to have an opinion on stuff. I mean, we're doing this once a week and, you know, trying to become opinionated about things that I really don't care about at all, but like trying to put our own spin on the uh, the topic of the day. So like guys like Baskin and Phelps, who I think are terrible at their jobs, like at least <laughs> they get an opinion out there every day. Right. And I, I appreciate them for that. Uh, and I also, you know, think, thinking about like what are what we're passionate about. Really love Cleveland history. I love our city. I love our restaurants. I love you know everything to do with our culture. And it's also interesting to hear uh, that other people were interested in hearing some of those like uh, older topics that we did address on the show. Um, so yeah. and we we touched on some really big topics here, uh, and we were certainly not qualified to talk about them, but we had a podcast at the time, so we felt obligated, right? Uh, yeah. So, you know, thinking about it from that perspective, uh, yeah, great. It was it was nice to hear. Uh, you're nice to hear some feedback about those Cleveland history topics. Yeah. Hopefully some of that shit ages well, you know, uh, I will say, I think I could have gone an hour plus on the Mason Rudolph, uh, uh, miles Garrett storyline, just bullet point after bullet point. We could discuss on that. Not every topic I feel we could have just, you know, um, but yes, I don't envy the, the sports radio topics. All right, let's run the numbers for the year. Uh, no guessing okay. this time. I just want to fill you in and some of the people on what we put up this year. All right, total plays, 2,772 for the year. Biggest pod was our first pod, which is uh, a little discouraging, 117 listens on gambling on okay. marbles. But that, some of that could relate to uh, if if you download or if you subscribe or something, I you know maybe there's some weird <laughs> shit going on there. Three pods over 100 listens. Our biggest week in terms of listens was December 9th through 15th, which is great. 152 people. That's sick. Just a few weeks that's ago. Impre- yeah, that's incredible that 152 people know about the Greasy Pod. So shout out to you all, yeah. 74% male, 26% female. Okay. About the ratio I'd expect. 45% yeah, Spotify and 40% Apple. Nice. And that's, that's the cool. Greasy Stats. Kind of incredible to have 2,700 listens. Uh, you know, we did put out a content every week. We were pretty uh, pretty consistent with it this year. I think we missed a couple of weeks. I had the vid. Uh, you know what I mean? We had a holiday break in there. Um, so, uh, but overall, pretty impressive from that perspective. 2,700 listens. Uh, loved every one of them. Appreciate you tuning in. I love the uh, the morphosis of words, you know, like stimmy everyone's using today. The vid. I love how things just adapt into these different uh, nicknames. Pretty cool. Right. Uh, even though they're very serious topics. Now that I've like overcome COVID, I guess I, I, I feel more comfortable with using yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's not like the scary other out there. Uh, obviously, yeah. a scary other, you know, affecting anybody. Yeah. Okay. True. All right. 2021 outlook. Um, any goals and resolutions for you, Robbie? Uh, from the workout perspective, me and the run bros have put down the goal of a thousand miles of activity. Um, so, uh, you know, if it's a bike ride, if it's a run, a thousand miles is what we're shooting for. I think I ended up with 800 last year, starting in April. Uh, so I'm pretty confident I can do the a thousand miles. Um, but we have to think of some kind of fundraising thing. We got to do it for a greater good. We should, we just can't do a thousand miles. So that's uh, that's my goal for the year. Yeah. I, I like that. Let's let's start doing some fundraising, man. After we pay off our yeah. miles debts, I'm in. I'm in. I love right. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, I talked about my thousand dollars, or sorry, a hundred dollars a month. 
sports game. Let's make it a G, baby. Come on. Yeah, well, if I hit early, maybe that first January, I could see myself getting up to a grand, a little money to play with. All right, number two goal, be more nuanced. I think that's the word I'm looking for, right, is just – you always have to choose a side, right? I want to be a little bit yeah. more nuanced. And I was thinking of this because you, do you know who Gary Vandercheck is? I think that's how you say his name. Gary V. No idea who that dude is. He's the, he's this motivational speaker and he's very aggressive and he cusses all the time and he's got a prominent, uh, big following. And um, people are very opinionated on him because he's like the very much the work 20 hours a day and grind your ass off. Don't take vacations. And so that is very opposite of like kind of the current uh, work culture at a lot of places. And so mm-hmm. you either love them or you hate them. And I think things like that should be taken and, you know, respect his grind and maybe take pieces of it because I am motivated by some of the words that he says. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree or have it in me to open up a bodega and work there seven days a week until I can make enough money to go and do this and do that. Um Mm-mm. But I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on him. I'm not, you know, Gary V is okay. Right. I guess, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Like Joe Rogan is obviously a polarizing figure. And there's right. some gray area there, right? Yeah, so maybe find that nuanced gray area, uh, you know, a little more subjectivity to our opinion. So maybe that will, you know, bring people to the pod too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm straight down the middle, baby. <laughs> yeah, Listen to my right. pod. Yeah. Uh, 175 I have no pounds. opinion on anything. <laughs> 175 pounds by my wedding. That was my goal for this year, but it got canceled. So I get another nine months, I guess. To redo. To okay. lose, like, I guess it's only like 10 pounds, but. Nice, dude. Yeah, I, I'm going to be uh, 175 by your, no, I won't, uh, by your wedding too. <laughs> no, uh, but that's a good goal. You know, trim it down. Obviously, there's a milestone there for you. You want to look good in those picks. You will look good in those picks. You're going to look incredible. Pumped for that day coming up in 2021. Nothing but good vibes there. Uh, yeah, exciting stuff for sure. Cool. Uh, any predictions for the year ahead to leave the show? What do you have for 2021? Donald Trump will have his own TV show on OAN News. That's my prediction is that he's going to have his own weekly TV show where he just spits a bunch of bullshit on OAN. Or, yeah, I believe it, or his own network or some bullshit. Yeah, right. right. Um, you can already see the decline of people listening to him. You know, it's like it becomes mm. less interesting over time. And so then right. Fox News can't rely on just him for the ratings and the bouts, you know, the, right. the bump he gives them. So then it just kind of continues to decline. Uh, my predictions, gambling reaches the suburban moms. And so... I think this is going to be a big thing, you know. In the past, it's been cigarettes, it's been drinking, whatever. I think gambling, because of how much it's promoted on the platforms that we listen to, including this one, I think it reaches to the level where it is affecting um, the people that can't afford it, per se, or affecting it America at a level where it becomes a real issue because it's going to get legalized in a ton of places. I do think, and now I, I understand the age restrictions and so on. You're a grown-up, technically. Uh, but I do think it becomes a topic of conversation. 
Okay, that's an interesting perspective. I think that like you got to look at something that's going to motivate these suburban moms if that's like what you're talking about to get into sports gambling though. Like I don't think that they're going to like watch this uh, NHL hockey game and decide they have to hammer the Ducks today. Oh, I'm, I guess yeah, I didn't articulate that very well. I think it get it reaches them to the level of where they're pushing back on it. They're saying oh, okay. this is rotting our youth. The sort of thing yeah. like I'm watching the uh, these. You probably don't know who Nelk is, but he's like this prankster on YouTube with a bunch of millions of subscribers. On Twitch recently, he's been betting on this Rubet. It's this new thing, Rubet. Look it up. You can play this crash game. I don't have to explain that here. But he also plays blackjack, all this shit, and he's paying $10,000 hands. And people, he's actually responded. People say, like, you shouldn't be promoting gambling. Like, know your audience and so on. He's like, fuck it. I full send it all the time. (laughs) And But that stuff, I do think, you know, I'm not like the, uh, you play Call of Duty, or you're going to uh, go shoot some people. But I do think the gambling yeah. will have an effect on the youth. And so no, yeah, moms gam- are going to Gambling is a little bit different, yeah. And there's real life implications to gambling, right? Like if somebody loses 100 bucks, like that could have serious implications on like if they're able to pay rent that month or whatever like that. So uh, I could see that for sure. Uh, but I think the reality is, is people are gambling regardless um, and you'd rather have it as like a tax revenue source, but I, I could, I definitely understand your perspective. So, um, I even get like nervous texting my dad or my 20 year old cousin about it in like this big promotional way. Cause it's one thing I can own that I'm this, you know, I know what I'm doing, I guess, <laughs> I, you know, but I don't like yeah. to be, I don't want to feel like a huge, this huge promoter of it because, um, you're going to take some massive L's and it's going to make you feel shitty. Yeah, the low after losing a bunch of money and gambling in general. Like I've went to the you know jack and lost more money than I should have. It obviously didn't have any implication on my life, but like that that hole's real, right? You wake up the next day like I shouldn't have lost that money. It was money that I shouldn't, you know what I mean? I should still have. Uh, and you you it makes you feel pretty bad about yourself, but uh, obviously we bounce back and it yeah. And we're I guess I know how it snowballs. I see it in right. my I have that kind of. That's the one thing I guess I could see myself, my life goes sideways. I'll be the dude at the casino at 6 a.m. And so that's why I get nervous about. Uh, Bills win the Super Bowl, other prediction. And then a lot of people will say, man, I wish I was quarantined. Like when they have uh, weekend obligations or they have to like Mm -hmm. go to work like uh, and can't work in sweatpants anymore. You're going to hear that a shit ton and I'm going to be annoyed. Yep. And I was thinking I'm going to be annoyed by – uh, myself when I, I'm going to Vegas in uh, May and I know, already know I'm flying frontier there and I'm going to be pissed off by the amount of leg room, but I'm not going to complain. Right. Just the fact that I'm on a plane in Vegas is going to make it all better. And like when we go on our guys trip next year for the Browns game, uh, and people are complaining about sleeping on the ground, fucking keep it to yourself because Hey, we're all together. We're drinking beers. We're having fun. I don't want to hear yeah. about cramped leg room or your back hurts. So have a few more uh, beverages and the floor will be just fine. Amen. As well. We're ground guys. I, I don't understand on Frontier and some of those cheap flights, though, why they can't just add a little bit more cushion to the seats, man. It can't be that expensive. <laughs> those are fucking brutal. Every time I ride Frontier, I'm like, I'm not doing it again. But every time you log on, you see it's $150 cheaper. You're like, I'm ready to be hurt again. Yeah. So, uh, you know. <laughs> I'm ready to be hurt again. I can again. already feel... I'm already can feel my ass on fire flying to Vegas, but uh, as soon as you hit it, uh, it's man. all right. Uh, that is our 2020 pod. You got anything else, Robbie? 
No, I got nothing else. Uh, and I, I understand parts of this kind of felt like a eulogy, like we were ending the pod. That's not our intent. Like this isn't our last episode, but I think it was a pretty good recap. Uh, we'll keep it rolling while we're still, uh, while we're still willing and people are still willing to listen. Uh, we have fun doing it. Uh, so this isn't our last episode. I think. We need no, to- I think we do need to discuss offline about it ending after we get vaccinated though. I like that idea quite that. a bit. Um, Browns okay. score prediction. Might as well throw one out there. Got to be Browns. Uh, if they get everyone back, it's going to be uh, 31-17 Browns. Win by two scores. They cover. Everyone's happy. We'll see in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's going to be an ass beating 28-10. Mason Rudolph's a trash quarterback. Going to the playoffs, hopefully not playing the Bills, playing like the Titans or Colts, hopefully. That would be great. And next week's going to be hype. It'll be the Browns playoff preview show. Huge one. Right here on the greasy pot. I love it, dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, Enjoy your New Year's. Drink some uh, top five beverages. And we'll see you next week. 